Welcome to Streams for the Soul and Spirit, a podcast of the Soul Care Ministry at the Ram Church International. This broadcast is dedicated to promoting wholeness in the body of Christ through conversations at the intersection of faith and mental health. Welcome to the Streams for the Soul and Spirit podcast. I am your host, Aline Ehedi. Self-care has become one of those buzzwords that everyone uses and in some cases misuses. As I was thinking and praying about what to discuss next on the podcast that would be of benefit to listeners, self-care kept resonating in my spirit. So in this episode, I will be offering my take on this trendy topic and perhaps giving someone a different perspective on self-care that they hadn't thought about. I will be discussing what I've identified as the three C's of self-care. So number one, capital. The writers of Psalm poetically remind us that humans are finite beings. David writes in Psalm 39 verse 4 and 5, Show me, O Lord, my end and the measure of my days. Let me know how fleeting my life is. You indeed have made my days as handbreadth and my lifetime as nothing before you. Truly, each man at his best exists as but a breath. Selah. Psalm 103 verse 15 and 16 reads, As for man, his days are like grass, like a flower of the field. So he flourishes. When the wind has passed over it, it is no more, and its place no longer knows about it. And of course, we are familiar with the words of Job's lament in Job chapter 14, verses 1 and 2. Man who is born of a woman is short of days and full of trouble. Like a flower, he comes forth, then withers away. Like a fleeting shadow, he does not endure. Even the natural resources in the physical environment we live in are gradually being depleted. I'm no economist, but let's consider this concept of capital. In its definition as the asset available to a company to either start an initiative or to run its business operations. God has given us limited physical, emotional, and mental capital to operate our lives. He added to that another limited resource called time. So notice I didn't include the spiritual capital here because that's the only aspect of us that is of God and that will last forever because God is eternal. And still, Jesus, being fully God, while in his human form, submitted himself to the physical limitations of being a man. So what does that have to do with self-care? Self-care is the awareness that we are working with limited capital. Therefore, we must be good stewards of our God-given resources in order for us to achieve our God-given purpose. Which brings me to my second C called capacity. Once we have done an inventory of our capital 
in other words, our resources. The objective is to use that capital in a way that maximizes our capacity. Self-care is a tool for us uh, to use to expand our physical, emotional, mental, and relational resources in a way that optimizes our output in the world. I think of the parable um, of the talents in Matthew 25. We read that the servants to whom the master had entrusted his talents managed their capital in a way that achieved growth, except for one of the servants who buried his talent. I use this parable to illustrate the fact that self-care is about expanding our capacity for what we can do in the world. As believers, we embrace the concept of servanthood pretty well, right? It's very easy for us to run ourselves to the ground uh, physically, emotionally, and mentally, trying to be everything to everyone. But when we are burnt out, stressed out, physically and emotionally drained, we end up giving less than the best of ourselves to the things that God has called us to do and the people he has called us to serve. In other words, we are showing up at our minimal capacity. I'm going to make a statement and I'm going to say it slowly and perhaps someone will free themselves from the unrealistic expectations that they've placed on themselves or allowed others to place on them. No one is indispensable. Again, no one is indispensable and neither should we desire to be. And if you realize that you have a need for others to depend on you, you need to seek God about what is at the root of that. Is it pride? Is it low self-esteem so that you can be affirmed by their need? Or is it unresolved attachment wounds? What's the truth? The truth is there is a God and neither I or anyone else is him. He doesn't need us, but he chooses to use us. And these limitations are safeguards that he has placed to remind us that he alone is God. Regardless of the demand that the crowd placed on his ministry and his anointing, Jesus prioritized his time in solitude and prayer, as Luke tells us in chapter 5, verse 15 and 16. There is an important point to make here, and that is that we are not entitled to anyone's personal time. I'm going to say that again. I hope it helps someone. We are not entitled to anyone's personal time unless we are their spouse or their children. And even with that, there are some limitations. Anyone who is in a caring role, whether it's in a helping profession like social work, counseling, or whether it's in ministry, and um, even for parents, those who operate in this role understand that there's it's a one-way relationship where one person gives 
to another who receives. We understand that we do not come into care to get our own needs met. Because of the power balance, when we are going through our own challenges as caregivers, the people we serve may, you know, pray for us, sympathize with us, wish us well, but they do not and will not reciprocate the support we give them because that's the that's not the nature of the relationship that we have with them. So when these individuals who are in care roles and, and, and support and helping professions take time for themselves, that's their time to pour back into themselves what they pour out to everyone else. During that time, they should have permission not to call, cancel, or check on anyone because they need that time for recuperation so that when they do return, they will have the capacity to attend to and support others. It just so happens that by the time this um, podcast episode airs, I would have returned from my own time of getting some much needed R&R. Shout out to those people who let you press pause on work, ministry, and other personal uh, requests that when you tell them, I'm taking some time off, I will follow up with you when I get back, they they reply with, enjoy your time off. Not that we need that permission, but it releases of any pressure that we need to be there to get things done. And we can't take time for ourselves. Rest is just as much a spiritual discipline as ministry is. In Mark chapter 6, verse 30, it says, The apostles returned to Jesus and told him all that they had done and thought. Notice that when this happened, Jesus didn't start by asking them how many people got saved, how many people were healed, how many got baptized. Instead, he told them, come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. The Bible tells us that many were coming and going and they had no leisure even to eat. So they had been working and had not time to attend to their own physical needs. And that's the first thing that Jesus made them do. So that brings me to the third C, conceptualization. Often when people think of self-care, one of the things that they have in mind is an activity. Something that they're going to do, like go to the spa, go for a walk, work out, unplug from social media, etc. While all those things are good and beneficial, it comes short of fostering a whole person approach to wellness. What do I mean by that? It means we need to embrace a paradigm shift that conceptualizes self-care as more than just a list of things to do but as a way of thinking and being. While we are called to serve others, sometimes loving and caring for people is not enough, especially if it comes at a detriment to your physical, mental, emotional, relational, and sometimes financial wellness. I felt angry with myself. 
I'm a therapist for goodness sake. But it took for me to have a mental breakdown in November of last year to understand that I can't wait for and depend on other people to take care of my well-being. I realized that it's not up to them, but it's within my control to choose myself. And that meant I had to make some self-care decisions. Here are some things that we don't often think about as self-care. Setting boundaries. What are boundaries? It's the space between you and me where I can both love you and myself. Saying no is self-care. It's gauging your capacity to meet a need and making the decision to say no if it will put you at a deficit instead of saying yes just so people please. Of course, there are times that we have to extend ourselves uh, in order to serve others, but that should not be our default MO. Your decision to choose healthy relationships is a form of self-care. So one of the verse that captures this meaning of conceptualization uh, when it comes to self-care, um, I thought about Mark chapter 12, verse 31, which is a portion of um, Jesus' reply to the scribes questioning him about the greatest commandment. So Jesus starts by saying, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. Verse 31, the second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. If you take out three words out of that last part of verse 31, you get love yourself. Self-care is about tuning into what we need physically, emotionally, relationally, spiritually, and tending to ourselves in ways that fulfill those needs, but increase our capacity to meet the needs of others. So therefore, it expands the concept uh, to things like, what is your self-talk? How is your self-esteem? Do you pay attention to your emotional health? Do you schedule time, not just for physical, but mental rest? Do you minimize your stress level? A standard question we often ask in counseling is, what do you do for self-care? Perhaps a better question would be, how do you love yourself? Because the truth is, for most believers, obeying the first commandment when it comes to our relationship with God is easy. But obeying the second commandment when it comes to our relationship with ourselves and by extension, our relationship with others, is a much harder thing to do. So my question to you is, how will you love yourself going forward? Thank you for listening. We hope today's broadcast has been a blessing to you. For questions or comments about the show or the Soul Care Ministry, email us at soulcare@therampchurch.com or visit us on Facebook under Soul Care Ministry. We invite you to join us again next week for another episode. Until then, may God renew and refresh your soul and your spirit.